Welcome to episode three of Nearsighted Podcast. I'm Brandon Williams, and with me is my co-host, Big John Eisner. How's it going, John? Oh, it's going much better than uh, the last time you asked me that, because uh, we actually uh, <laughs> showed up this week. I'm excited to talk about this week's game uh, much more than last week's. Yeah, it was definitely exciting to to actually watch a, a West Virginia team play on all three sides of the ball pretty well. I mean, there was there was some good and some bad, obviously, with the, with any game, but finally put a, a somewhat complete game together, and that was definitely uh, actually felt comfortable leaving. Uh, t- from watching the game, like I think there was like two minutes left, and I felt like I could leave, which is the first time that's been a thing this year. So <laughs> that was cool. Uh, first time in five years. That's what I feel. <laughs> <We're at that laughs> point. But yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, uh, there's a little bit of. Uh, I don't even know what to call it, but but yeah, I'm definitely glad to to uh, <laughs> finally be able to feel like a normal fan for at least one week. Um, speaking of being a normal fan, yeah, one week, uh, how about all this stuff going on with the basketball program? (laughs) Uh, dude, I can't get, I need to know what former employee of WVU who was wronged now works at the NCAA. I I need to know who works there. (laughs) It's there's literally, somebody there literally has to be someone. (laughs) Yeah. So someone has it out for us. (laughs) See, what I was actually thinking about today is like. I was going to say, like, what if, like, strategically, by the way, if, if you haven't already seen the news and you're listening to this, uh, our starting guard, Karakrisa, was suspended for the first nine games for accepting impermissible payments or gifts while at Arizona. So they're letting him serve his nine-game suspension at WVU because that makes sense. Um, but to, to also follow up on that, Raekwon Battle, since we last um, spoke, has had his waiver denied. They've submitted a an appeal actually just on Monday. So um, my theory is Josh Eilert's playing chess while they're playing checkers, and he says, listen, I'll make a deal with you. You can't prove that Care Chris did this stuff, but I'll give you Care Chris for nine games if you give me Raekwon for the season. <laughs> and I think that, that might be the, 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 <laughs> that might be the trade-off. That's the only way I can think of logically of what's going on here. I just don't I don't understand uh i guess enough about it to to know how they can <laughs> they can retroactively suspend him from his new school and i haven't even heard anything about it they they said stuff about eligibility problems potentially and and whatnot but like i don't know this is just kind of like out of left field but as a basketball fan this year it uh it's par for the course well two thoughts on this one when are we going to start holding the the schools accountable like that would be really really nice like the actual yeah. offending schools that let this happen, like Kansas just gets away with everything. Now Arizona gets away with everything. Like obviously two blue blood schools when it comes to basketball. And then you have little old West Virginia who takes the, you know, blunt end of the stick On the like every single time. <laughs> yeah. Like every yeah. time we're the ones, why are we punished for other schools? Like I'm, I'm literally wondering that now. Uh, the other thing yeah. that I, I was thinking when you were talking about that is, uh, we've met coach already, you know, once this year, oh, yeah. first off, coolest dude, coolest dude we've ever met. Uh, second, yeah. honestly, that negotiation that you just set forth could actually be possible. I could see well, him sitting down and being like, I will trade you this for yeah. a battle. 
Yeah, I mean, he told us he's like, if Battle plays, I look like a pretty good coach this year. Oh it's yeah, like, well, were you, pumped, are you yeah. <laughs> are you are you are you willing to trade your guard for nine games? Maybe I don't know, but uh, just remember, you heard it here first. I mean, for Battle, I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, to kind of review just just roughly. Um, you know, John and I we're going to talk about basketball just a little bit today and kind of give you our uh, going forward the format of since we're still in football season, we're going to continue to focus on football. Um, as our release is just once a week. So instead of going over and making the episodes way too long, we're just going to continue with football and maybe mention some major news of basketball in the beginning. But uh, once basketball season really ramps up, um, football season will be over with. So we'll just pick right up into to basketball season. And maybe we might have some sort of, you know, special episode or something previewing the season uh, or maybe like in the middle um, right after football. But yeah, so the plan is continue with our, our format we've got now, maybe mention a little basketball at the beginning, but for the most part, we're going to, to keep on going the way we are, and then we'll pick up in December with basketball. Yeah, it makes the most sense. I mean, it really does for us. But let's go to, uh, let's go to the review of the game, uh, of last week's game, I should say, U- UCF. What were your initial yeah. thoughts there? Well, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is, and even the announcers, which they're never on our side, and still, funny story, they still weren't, even with a minute and 43 left to go, one of the guys was saying, like, you never know what could happen. I'm like, dude, they're down three touchdowns. I don't, I don't know what you mean. You don't know what can happen. <laughs> I know what, what can happen is the, the worst case scenario is we only win by a touchdown. But right. um, but anyways, so even they, they picked up on this, and they're like, um, West Virginia hasn't had a penalty, and it was until the fourth quarter, which is wild. Like, I don't know if I've ever watched a college football game where even some of the best teams have played a game where they didn't get a penalty until the fourth quarter. And I, I think that that kind of that in itself with the last two weeks, the way we played, I think is probably the telltale sign that that we were going to win that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like, you know, turnovers were, were huge. I mean, what, what did you think? I know we kind of talked back and forth uh, during the game, but what did you think overall? Well, I think it's just one of those games where you look at it and you go, you know, C.J. Donaldson, welcome to this season. I mean, that we've been waiting for you to, to show up yep. a little bit. And, I mean, he, he did not have a perfect game by any means, but he averaged 7.1 yards a carry. I mean, that is that is a phenomenal average when you're running the ball 17 times. That is fantastic. That means that he's actually hitting the holes at the offensive line. His opening, which we talked about before, he was struggling with. Uh, and then 9.4 yards per carry for White. I think he ran it like six or eight times. I can't remember the exact number. But again, he looked great, which was fantastic to see kind of a bounce back game. Uh, I think that he's probably the fastest player on the roster, uh, which I think yeah, was evident definitely one the, of them. the runs that he had. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was good to see Gallagher uh, finally involved in the offense. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a continuing trend throughout the rest of the season. A uh, couple downsides were we had three fumbles. One of those were lost. We have to clean that up. Um, defensively, one, Beanie Bishop is legit. Holy cow, that dude That dude is <laughs> everywhere. Like, it's fantastic to watch him play. Um, defense, another one-sat game. That's not sustainable against good teams. Yeah, you no. have to get to the quarterback. Um, and finally... Uh, going back to last week, we had Lockhart as our impact player of the week. He's the big interior defensive lineman. He didn't have a great game, but he did have a big tackle for a loss at one point, and I think an additional solo tackle. Uh, so at least he showed up enough for that. And, and I'm sure if we go back and we watch the tape, 
uh, he probably forced them to adjust things on the offensive line, which is yeah. good to see as well. Yeah, he also, like, if you, when I went back and watched the game on Sunday, if you just, you know, kind of focus in, he's he's one of those, like, thankless positions, you know, like, whenever he's doing oh, every, his job yeah, well, yeah. everyone around him is succeeding, right? So when he does have big games where he has a lot of tackles for loss, like, he is balling out. But if you go back and look, you can actually watch him. He is on every play. He's getting off of the blocks, and and, and he's running downfield after the ball carrier. Like, maybe he's not on the stat sheet as far as tackles and, for, and, and pressures and things like that, but the dude's hustling. And for that, I, I really do think that he had a big, a big impact in last week with the pressures and things like that that we were successful um, with, with UCF. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I think that there were a couple times where he kind of got blown off the ball, but I don't take that as his fault. I take it more in the sense of he really needed to be subbed out of the game, and we don't have mm-hmm. a lot of depth there. Uh, and uh, UCF is a fast offense that doesn't like to substitute. So yeah. He, the plays that I did see where he kind of got blown up, it was just because he, he just couldn't catch his breath, to be honest. Yeah, sure. He's a big dude. I mean, I know what yep. that's like. Big, I mean, he's even guy. bigger than me. And <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a, he's Also, speaking of big fella. guys, I was going to tell you whenever you said that White might be the fastest on the team. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of the guy. His name's uh, DJ Oliver. He's a, also a freshman running back. He's like 5'10", yeah. 5'9", 240. Um giant meatball right uh cj told the press in his interview after the game or maybe it was monday that dj oliver hits 22 miles an hour on gps which (laughs) which isn't the fastest on the team but that is big numbers for a 240 pound guy yeah (laughs) holy so i think that that might be a miles an hour Yeah, that's and he our, laughed it uh, off, and he was like, "That's uh, that's Derrick Henry numbers. I mean, that, legitimately, that's Derrick Henry numbers." Yeah, it's wild being that big. But uh, yeah, CJ laughed about it, and he said, "He said that uh, I don't think I'm supposed to be telling you this, but <laughs> it's like I don't think you should be either." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we keep? Can we keep? Se- Look, the secrets already out of my boy Preston Fox. Can we keep some of the secrets? You know, we don't need to tell everybody all of our our upcoming you know great players i digress yeah so that that'll be a yeah that will be a, a very interesting player to follow going going into the next couple of years but um but yeah did you touch on you know beanie bishop obviously everybody oh, knows who yeah beanie i mean is i talked point. about he's the boy he's the guy now yeah, that, he that is the dude guy, is yeah. gonna be all over he's all over the place. i love watching him play yeah that uh i mean even like i think it was Maybe Jordan Leslie that said something about, or maybe Neil Brown, where he said he's leading the nation or high in the nation in pass breakups, which means you're not catching the ball whenever you you can be. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, like where we were last year with uh, no one near the ball when it was being thrown, I think I'll take the pass breakups even over the interceptions. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, definitely been a, a fresh air. That either. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with yeah. that either in, in the sense of like, there's there are plenty of times where the the corner or the safety or any defensive back does not have a chance at the ball, but in if you break that pass up to I mean that's a significant net positive yeah. for your defense every single time. So I I I love pass breakup statistics. Yeah, no, I I, I mean I love to see it. 
it's less yards for the other team, which is always good for us at this point. Yeah, it turns out. Um, yeah, anything else about uh, yeah, <laughs> anything else for UCF? Uh, no, nothing else for UCF. I mean, in all honesty, they WVU played the game that they had to play. Uh, and this week, as we now transition to BYU, they're going to have to do it again. And if they can consistently do it, this is going to be an interesting team. Yeah, I mean, so just to get into BYU, uh, they're 5-3, and three, which, how? Um, if you watch their games. Yeah. It, 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 five and three, I would have liked to have had their, uh, their early season, apparently. But, um, yeah, I, the, the offense is questionable i'm not really certain what's going on with the offense it doesn't they aren't really putting up big numbers on either the ground or in the passing game it's just like kind of average i mean they almost look like below average like nfl numbers but they're not playing anybody (laughs) so it's like i don't uh yeah i mean i don't i don't really know yeah was it like 220 yards uh Per game, so they have they have some interesting numbers. So uh, one of the stats that I I like about BYU in terms of I like that we're facing them, their offense averages 219 yards a game passing and 81 yards rushing. Here's the problem with that: if you're BYU, their defense is giving up 236 yards per game passing and 154 on the ground. Now, if you look at those statistics, you probably think. How the heck is this team five and three? Well, let's go through the numbers real quick. They have two wins against nobodies, including Sam Houston State. They have a surprising win against Arkansas in Arkansas, so I will give them credit for that. They beat a terrible Cincinnati team and upset Texas Tech, but at this point, Texas Tech isn't playing well, so it's not really that surprising anymore. Uh, they They have significantly lost on the road to any team that has a false. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... Hey, I mean... I'm not gonna down dog on them too much because we uh we we had two bad losses as well, but but <laughs> but yeah. Um, and keynote here is who's their quarterback, John? Oh, I hate this guy. I don't. I don't <laughs> hate. Him. Yes, I do. I I hate him. Uh, Slavis. Slovis. I don't know. I can't remember. Slow. Emphasis on slow. Yeah. He doesn't deserve for me to say his name correctly. This is the guy, if you, if, if listeners remember, he did go to USC, but he also went to Pitt. And if you remember correctly, he's the one who there's this video going around that I hope that they're playing on repeat in the locker room where he gets up, takes the microphone while he's at Pitt and essentially says F West Virginia. Um, well, Let's take a look at how that's worked out for him. So now he's at BYU, just such a great offense. Uh, he has a 57% completion rate, 1,716 yards, and has a noodle for an arm. <laughs> uh, so- <laughs> Sorry, I added that part in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's only averaging like nine yards <laughs> nine yards of completion or something like that, So, and, and he's getting blown up in the pocket. Uh, their offensive line does not look very good. And, 12 seconds. I mean, honestly... For them being five and three, and this this is like a knock on wood situation, they look like maybe the worst team we've played this year besides Duquesne. With I would say the worst D one FCS team that we played this year. If you're talking, if you're talking pure pure film, yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, because we haven't played Cincy yet, I think that that will be the worst team yeah. that we play. Uh, but pure film, this is the the team. If you look to 
Um, I don't I don't usually like to like dog on players, but I will this guy uh, just based off his history. He the the entire BYU conglomerate is like praying that this guy is not the starting quarterback anymore because they're so <laughs> sick of watching like his just like his noodle arm flap out there and throw 57% completion rate. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he throws the ball really, really poorly to his own guys and really well to the other team, which is good news for us. Yeah. Especially coming off the week we just had, you know, hopefully Beanie Bishop has another good week against uh, a mediocre offense, the bad quarterback. Um, also, I don't know if, Everyone's up to speed on the BYU news, but their leading rusher has like three quarters of their yards. Didn't play last week and is questionable this week. And I think, John, you said there's a game time decision essentially at this point. Yeah, I watched the coach's show, uh, their coach's show, and he said that LJ Martin has been practicing and that he's essentially trending towards playing, but they will uh, kind of figure out things on uh, November 1st, November 2nd as to if he plays. Yeah, so we um I mean even if he does play, I mean the guy's he's a, he's a solid back. I mean he's a freshman, I believe, and he's he's averaging like 5 yards a carry or so, but again, I mean they're not really playing anybody. Uh, our defense, the way we've been playing against the run right now, I mean he he could have a day, um which obviously yeah. isn't ideal for us, but um I would say coming off an injury, he'll probably be a little bit slow. They probably won't play him as many snaps cuz they're going to want him the rest of the year. And we'll have to go to to number two, who only has like what, like twenty carries this year or something. It was it was a pretty small number. I mean, they don't run the ball that much either. Like they they have a total of less than a hundred attempts in their in their uh, what is it, eight games? Yeah, they don't. They're not a running team. Uh, and this is my favorite statistic so far. Uh, so you think of West Virginia, you think of like Garrett Green just running all over these defenses. <laughs> well, you don't have to, you do not have to think that when it comes to BYU, because our boy Noodle Arm Slavis uh, has negative 41 yards rushing. So not only does he have Noodle Arms, he's got Noodle Legs. Uh, he's been sacked 12 <laughs> times, and uh, this is a professional quote by me. He is a, quote, sitting duck. Uh, so... <laughs> This is the game we talked about it, you know, just a few minutes ago. UCF was a one sack game. All right. Obviously, they're a fast, fast offense who can move the ball down the field. This is not that offense. This should be a four to five to six sack game at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. I, I mean, even, even um, the, the news about BYU, like they're all saying that, that this offensive line. Looks really bad, it, and Keaton Slovis is not good at escaping and and making plays on his feet, with his feet. Sorry, and it's like I don't think that uh, they they stand a chance if we do what we should have been doing the last few weeks and sending pressure. Yep, hundred percent. That's what you have to have. You have to have it on a guy like this because, I mean, I'm telling you, he is as. I mean. I, this is not a slight towards him, but he is as unathletic as a quarterback that we've played this year, uh, yeah. simply because he just doesn't he doesn't have that skill. Uh, and with a bad offensive line, we all know this because we've seen this through West Virginia history. Uh, I feel like I'm teaching seventh grade civics, but football, 
we've seen <laughs> bad offensive lines like here at WVU, and we know what the remedy is for that. A quarterback who can get outside the pocket and take off. This guy isn't that. So he, a bad offensive line with a quarterback who can't run should be a recipe for a whole lot of sacks. Yeah, not to mention just overall, like they're they're just pretty boring to watch on offense, and and even whenever he's upright, it's just not it's not fun to watch. I mean, it it kind of reminds me of what all of the fans think our offense looked like last year. It's it's <laughs> it's not good. It's it's bad. I I mean, I put in our notes that this is this offense is the most boring spread offense I've ever seen. And I think that that is shown by Texas having multiple turnovers and them scoring six points. I mean, I don't know how that happens. How do you have multiple turnovers? And one of them is essentially a pick that gets down to the 10 yard line uh, of Texas gets brought back a little bit for a chop block, but you still don't score a touchdown. I mean, their offense is big and slow. Um, The only two players that I would, I would pick out besides their running back. Is a guy named Chase Roberts who has 33 catches for 459, and Darius Lassiter. He's a very lanky, uh, kind of home run hitter for them. He's not fast by any means, but he can go up and get it. So don't be surprised if they kind of do some uh, heaves down the the field to him against maybe a smaller, uh, you know, defensive back. But besides that, I'm I'm not super impressed by this offense and the the final stats I'll share on the offense because I know that you'll get a kick out of this <laughs> is that BYU ranks in the bottom 3 in Big 12 play in offensive points per drive which they only average 1.75 points a drive that is good for 12th in the Big 12 touchdown rate is 19.2% against again 12th scoring rate 32.7% 12th punt rate or punts per drive they punt, Brandon, on 46.2% of drives. That is an incredible amount of punts. And f- the, the last two yards per drive, they average two first downs, essentially. 25.4 yards a drive. That's 14th. And yardage rate, 34.9%. Again, last in the Big 12. This is an unimpressive offense. Yeah, that's... So my question is... And I don't know if you have it in front of you or not. Um, and the first three statistics, who is below them? I mean, Cincinnati is probably one of them, right? Uh, who, yeah. Who is scoring? So... Who is scoring less than one and less than two points per drive? In offensive drive, I Cincinnati is yeah. the bottom, but I can't. I think Baylor's down there. Um, who else was there? I I think those three are the bottom. Then I think it's Baylor, uh, Cincinnati, and them. Iowa State that's, was surprisingly low too. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I, I do love those <laughs> stats actually. <laughs> yeah, they're, those are pretty. Those are some of my advanced ones. I was like, I like these. I found them on yeah, you ran on you ran BYU's the numbers on those. <laughs> oh, I I didn't even have to. B, BYU shared those numbers, and I'm not even joking about that. Uh, oh, that's, they that's they are great. that is how. That is how unimpressed they are with this offense. That's what I'm telling you. Like the even in BYU country, they're they are ready to to be done. Is it is it too soon to make a joke about how they maybe they have a graduate math program there? Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably too soon. <laughs> <laughs> 
all right, let's go to the defense. Uh, what do you see with the defense, John? All right, so this defense is actually, it's really funny because the guy who's the defensive coordinator, it's his first year. Uh, he came from a smaller school. I can't remember the school off the top of my head. Comes from a smaller school, implements what he calls a very, quote, complex defense. Well, it's not that complex. <laughs> they run a 4-3, but they switch to a three-man sometimes with five defensive backs. I know, that's so complex. Uh, and they like to to mix up man and zone. I don't see it as some big complex defense. Like I don't, I don't understand that. And if anything, the stats kind of show that if it is complex, it's, it's way too complex for their own players because they're not getting the yeah. grasp of it. Um, yeah. That, isn't that that's the gist of, of their defense? That's uh that scheme though was, that was started by Matt Campbell, Iowa state, right? Where he was switching between the three, three, five and the four, three. That, I mean, do you, I, I, I want to say there have been multiple there have been multiple coaches who do it. Uh, but yeah, Matt Campbell was very successful with switching back and forth. Yeah, I remember that that was the the Will Greer year, the the fateful year where Iowa State almost pitched a shutout on us for no reason at all. That very true. That is very true. But yeah, this defense, <laughs> this defense scheme wise, the defense is fine. Like. I, their rotations are good. They have pretty good safety play. They're second in Big 12 with turnover rate. So it's not like that the, their defense is significantly better than their offense. Let's put it that way. Because they did cause yep. multiple turnovers against Texas, even though they were really self-inflicted turnovers. Um, but this defense is much, much <laughs> better than their offense. Yeah, I would say the defense is probably what's been keeping them uh, remotely close in some of these games. and. Probably probably helped them out in the wins they had. I mean, they've got a linebacker named Max Tooley, and he has Lee Koba numbers, and that's pretty yeah. solid. I mean, there's not a lot of linebackers with those kind of numbers, and this dude is is racking up tackles this year. I think he actually even has more sacks than Lee, which of course we haven't had a whole lot of sacks this year on defense, but um, but yeah, so that's that's definitely a guy to look out for, and then defensive lineman as well. Three and a half sacks. And he's a fifth year. Oh, Max Tooley is also a, a six year player. He's been playing for this, this that, program since that, 2018, that, I think. That's yeah. So, that's and, the and had I want to point out 40 plus tackles every year, solo tackles every year with. Uh... Yeah, they dude. Their their players are are. I don't know. Like they they all have full time jobs. Like that's how old they are. <laughs> They're all they've yeah. all graduated. They all have kids. Like their kids are in college now. Um, it they're they're all they're grown men. I don't know how else to put it, but like uh, Tyler Tyler Beatty is the defensive lineman you were talking about with three and a half sacks. He's a fifth year senior. Uh, they have multiple fifth year fifth and sixth year seniors on this defense. Uh, it's incredible. Their quarterback is a fifth year player. He's been to three schools already. Um, it, it is hilarious to me how old this team is. Like this is an NFL roster uh age <laughs> and but not yeah. nowhere near as good they the only person older do... older than, the, than these people are is uh the uh quarterback from from georgia the one that uh right <laughs> that, that went to the nfl this year was he like 26 stetson, stetson bennett stetson yeah. bennett yeah he uh <laughs> yeah. Whew. yeah he he was uh i think he was my age dang he was that old who cares you know i mean was, at, at some point you got to move on kid uh but these players do not they uh, they continue to play for this defense. Good news is this defense is pretty bad with penetration, just like us right now. 
they have two solid defensive backs, uh, Jacob Robinson, four interceptions, Eddie Hecker, three picks, but they do have this underrated player who I watched this, his film on, Ugh, it was so tough to get through. Cause I actually had to listen to this kid talk, <laughs> which was tough to listen to, uh, him talk about yeah. himself, but th- that's neither here nor there. His name is, uh, crew Wakely. I want to make sure I get that right. Uh, he is a safety who was once a quarterback has transitioned. That's the other thing that you're going to see on this team. Brandon is there are a lot of players who are, who started at BYU as a different position mm-hmm. and now are starting on that defense. So crew Wakely is, uh, that guy, Tyler Beatty is not, but the other defensive lineman that they have, who is their second best defensive lineman. I can't remember that his name off the top of my head. He started as an offensive lineman. Uh, they just kind of are like, hey, you're never going to play the position you came here for, so why don't you pick a new one? Yeah, <laughs> I and, mean, that's literally what happened. And to help you out, we're going to let you play for 12 years too. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. Like you, when, you were, when you're done, you actually get a pension. It's the only place in college football where you do. It's incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, but Crew, uh, <laughs> Crew's a good player. He was all over the field against Texas. He had that pick I was telling you about, but the, it was a terrible throw by their backup quarterback. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I mean, these are these are grown men uh, who definitely if they may not be the most athletic, but I will say and without joking, these dudes understand how to play defense and they're probably very financially responsible at this point in their life. Dude, they got stocks, bonds. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like for yeah, one you might score on you, you might score on them, but they cashed out at 8 a.m. Like it was already yeah. a big day for them. Yep, that's that's true. Oh, we're, we're over right, here well, like WVU is Bitcoin, and these kids are like <laughs> these these kids are are Wall Street. Like it's insane. Yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about special teams briefly. Um, not a whole lot to talk about. I don't think they they've they've let what is it three or four go back to the house this year on on punts. Yeah. A lot, a lot. They, their punt, punt coverage team and kick coverage team, they're horrible. I don't know how else to put it. Like they just have, they've allowed a lot of touchdowns. Now I will say there are two bright spots. One is their kicker. Their kicker is really good. He, uh, I think has a, he on average can easily kick 40 yarders, which is impressive for a college kid. Now I, the one guy that I'm super impressed with is their punter, which I don't normally talk about punters uh, unless it's like Pat McAfee. But this yep. this guy's a dude. He had a 70-yarder against Tech. 70-yarder. Oh and I'm not saying, like, this thing bounced and went 40 yards. No. This thing was in the air for quite a while. This guy can punt. He's he's also been there for 12 years and has a pension. Uh, but <laughs> good, very, very good punter. Uh, so don't be surprised. I mean, obviously, go back to that stat. They punt the ball a lot, so he has a lot of practice. Yeah, I mean... If you're going to punt 50% of the time almost, uh, you should probably be pretty good at it. Yeah, turn, turns out you're going to need a leg there, kid. Yeah. You're going to need it. <laughs> Oliver Straw would <laughs> love have... to go play for them after that and the comment he made. <laughs> Dude, Oliver Straw, I can't imagine what his leg would look like. He would look like uh, he'd have like one <laughs> leg that looked like Popeye, the other one that was just like a normal <laughs> human being. Like his leg would just be huge. I can't imagine like what stats, like I didn't look as close into the stats. 
long range, but I did look at this kid this year and I was like, this kid is averaging an insane amount. <laughs> I think he's averaging like 47 yards a punt, which in college is, is elite. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. But whenever you hit a 70 yarder every now and then, that's going to raise that average a lot. Right. Um, last thing, <laughs> did you happen to uh, to catch the, the video of the coach talking about country boots? <laughs> Oh no. Okay. Can we can we start by saying like their coach seems like like a sweetheart of a guy. He really does. Like, Dude, I love like him. Such a nice Yeah, like he he's just like happy to be there. Like he played there. He just loves everything BYU. But you dude, you gotta learn the traditions if you're gonna talk about them. <laughs> yeah, he said he said he can't wait to hear the fans sing country roads. Me either, brother. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's my first reaction is like, oh, you too? <laughs> <laughs> of course of course i want to hear it pal like that means we've you know we just beat you like if you want you could sing with us we don't care at that yeah point. join me section 130 we'll <laughs> you can come yeah, up in the stands i'll lock arms with you we'll be good come on down coach <laughs> the, the other thing the other thing i want to mention with byu i'm dude byu is like the least rival of a team and is the most talk i've had on a team like just just talking such yeah. crap on them which i i <laughs> i'm not gonna say sorry for um this team loves excuses this byu team loves excuses especially time of game they have this uh belief that byu only really wins games at night they love playing at night i think they call themselves like um vampires or something like that it's something really dumb to be honest uh, <laughs> but they love excuses and and it's not just like players and fans the coaches talk about this about how they looked at the schedule this year and tried to create environments where their team they knew their team played better aka night games yeah i couldn't believe a coach actually talk about that yeah, well, I mean, when half their players like have to have a full time job nine to five, you can't play before seven. Well, it's it's tough when you eat dinner at four thirty. Like you got to get <laughs> off the field, or you got to just get on. Like it's, you know what I mean. Like if it's a noon game, you're you've probably had two square meals by then. I mean, that's a tough. Yeah, on the flip side, though, they've already office. been up for about eight hours, probably. If I, if I remember the well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Can you? <laughs> are you allowed to drink coffee during the game? It's all, I'm sure like on the, on the side, that's what those, no Gatorade. It's all coffee and they're dehydrated by one. Like that's, that's their problem at night. They're fine. Cause they get their mid afternoon nap. <laughs> all right. We got We got to oh, stop. Man. We got to stop. <laughs> all right. Let's get into, uh, anything else you want to say about, uh, BYU, uh, football related John? enough. I've done it. I've done enough. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on to our uh, nearsighted uh, impact player of the week. We've got a special one for you guys. We've talked about him. Is, Everybody's oof. come to love him. Uh, every side of the ball almost at this point. Might as well. Uh, Preston Fox. What do you say about him? Oh, this kid. This is my favorite player. I think that that is well known by now. He is the hardest working player on this team. Not only is he a solid wide receiver, but then he was like, you know what? I'm pretty bored. 
so why don't I just go be the best return man too? All right, Preston, get on back there. Uh, don't be surprised if downfield passing is open this game because I don't think that their corners have much for our wide receivers, to be honest. And this is probably the first time uh, I've felt this way uh, versus a team in a while where I, I just think our wide receivers are, I mean, just stack up better. Preston Fox tends to be our guy down the field. I expect that to be the play this week, especially when they go soft zone or even when they press man, because I think he can beat them off the line. Uh, their special teams, we already talked about it, are incredibly bad at p covering punts. I said it last week and I still felt that way. But if Preston Fox gets the ability to actually return one this week, he may take it to the house legitimately. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, I think, what, did we say the number? It was like 14, 15 yards per punt is what they're averaging on the punt yeah. returns against them. Yeah. So, not good. Take that good. With, with a guy who's also, yeah, has a, a pretty, pretty good average punt. Like he's averaging like 10 yards or 14 yards or something yeah. like that. So, I, I think that it definitely is going to be a good matchup for him. I think that, like you said, you know, Downfield passes is going to be part of the, the game plan here, I believe. And and the special teams just having bad coverage from BYU. I, I think that he's a he's a shoe in for player of the week. So we'll definitely see. Yeah. That's our prediction. We were, I would say, like 80% right, 75% right about Mike Lockhart and about 0% right the first week about Cole Taylor. So, you oh, know, God, yeah. I'd say we're doing pretty good so far. We're going to be real right about this week. I'm, I am fully confident in my boy Preston Fox. I'm confident every week, but I'm even more confident this week. Plus, we already talked about it. That defense that they've got, I'm not trying to knock them too much, but they don't, they don't have much penetration. Like There's not a lot of sacks or tackles for loss on the season. Their pressure rate's relatively low. Garrett Green should have plenty of time to throw the ball. Preston Fox can yep. get open. They seem to trust each other. Expect a, a big day from Preston Fox is what I'm telling you. Love it. All right. Well, your favorite segment of the podcast. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> I love this segment. <laughs> it's the Big John Big 12 Spread Picks. <laughs> that I love how that name changes every week. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm going to never write that down. I'm just going to keep you, renaming no, it every week. <laughs> yeah, just just name it. Just keep it. Keep them coming. I love it. <laughs> Next next week I'm gonna call it Big Picks with Big John. <laughs> See you can't now you can't you already gave it to the listeners. Look at that. Yep yep yep. That someone will probably actually take that before like Tony Tony Greedy or something. Yeah. yeah, they're definitely gonna put that as their title one day for an episode. Dang. All right. Uh, so f the first spread we've got <laughs> in the noon game here is TCU versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech's favored three. Right now, I'm guessing this is probably going to teeter back towards like two and a half, maybe even one and a half. Yeah. I think this is a really close matchup, but what do you think, John? I We talked about this offline. I think this is the hardest pick we've had when it comes to a game because I'm not confident in either of these teams. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take TCU to cover, and the only reason at all is because I don't trust Texas Tech at all. And to be honest, I don't trust TCU very much either. But again, I talked about this the, the last two weeks. TCU's offense can explode at any time. Texas Tech's defense is non-existent. Seems like a pretty good, you know, recipe there. Yeah. And I'm guessing their Texas Tech quarterback's probably still out, right? The leg injury from, from WVU. I, to be honest, I don't even pay attention to Texas Tech. 
Well, yeah, I, w- I would imagine so at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely haven't looked good since we played them, and I think that we were a part of that. I mean, you get beat by West Virginia. We were picked 14th. I mean, now you're worse than the 14th yeah. team. What do you do with the rest of your season? Uh, which happened to CCU, too. This <laughs> right. is the battle of losing to WVU right here. Um, but, no, I'm with you. I, th- I think that TCU covers this. I, I just – I have more respect for TCU's program, I think, than I do for Texas Tech right now, even though we've lost to them four out of the last five years. But I think that Fair. TCU just has better pieces. And I think we talked about this before. They could you know, take off any, at any time. So I'm taking TCU yep, plus three current spread. Um, next like up, it. we got K-State, Texas. This is actually going to be a game that uh, – what time is this game? This is a game I'm definitely interested in watching, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to. It's a new game. Yeah, I'll probably be able to catch like the first half of it before I go start tailgating and stuff. But um, Texas is favored four and a half. I think that's pretty fair. I think this is going to be a close game. So what do you think, John? I'm going K-State because uh, I think – is Quinn still out? Um, do you know? I don't, I don't know for sure. But, but I'm guessing okay. that he is because it seemed like they were trying to implement long-term plans of replacing him um, that, starting That's last what week. I kind of took it as. That's what I took it as, too. Uh, looks like – oh, here we go. Uh, I'm live, live update as we're looking now. <laughs> it looks like uh, he is considered still week-to-week, so that means to me uh, when they don't go day-to-day, that, that means they're still a little bit – farther away so i'm gonna assume that he's not playing that backup quarterback looked so bad against byu and that kansas state defense is phenomenal so i'm i'm going kansas state to cover uh give me the plus four and a half there yep i I totally agree with that i mean and we really need this game to happen too i mean if the wvu Mm -hmm. wants to have any chance of of uh big 12 play at the end of the year we need texas to have another loss so i think this yeah. is probably the team to do it of all the teams left on the schedule and i i i, uh, I would agree i think that they're not going to just cover i think they're going to win the game so um next up after that it's going to be houston versus baylor three and a half for baylor Oof, this is a tough one. uh golly. i just I am it so torn <laughs> yeah where let's let's have you go for i want to hear your reasoning yeah sure so Maybe. um i think i i'm a no-brainer picking baylor on this one and my reasoning behind that is houston just looked really bad and and we kind of talked offline about this as well but uh they i think they really pulled everything out against us and they've just not been there the last two weeks so i i think that uh I think Baylor covers this pretty easily. I don't think Houston Houston hasn't played well on the road so far and I think that this this isn't going to be any different. So, I would I would take Baylor. That's that's probably fair. I'm also going to go Baylor and it's simply because they're at home. I think if Houston is at home, they're a better team. Uh they you mentioned it. They don't play well on the road. Uh and to be honest, Houston's fans don't travel very well fan i should say they don't, they don't even they don't even travel to their own, their own home games that's what that's what i was saying their fan their fan <laughs> does not travel he is just not a not a much of a traveler uh so yeah. i'm going i'm going baylor here to cover i don't think it's much more than three and a half though i think i think it's probably 
uh, a six-point game. That's where I would be. Yeah, I think uh, definitely a one-score. Definitely a one-score game yeah. in some fashion. But who knows? I mean, if Houston plays the way they played last week, eh, Baylor might be able to get a couple scores on them. But neither one of these Fair. teams are are looking very impressive right now. But uh, next game up, we got Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Obviously a very, very big game this year. This will be the last time. I mean, I don't know if they'll schedule this out of conference, but this will be the last time for this rivalry game here. Uh, Oklahoma's yeah, favorite five and a half. I don't think it's currently scheduled. But, I don't think it's currently scheduled. Is it currently? Okay, yeah. I, I Yeah, I don't think so. I think that that was kind of a discussion this year where this would be kind of off for a while. You said the spread is, what, five and a half for Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. It's at Oklahoma State as well, uh, keep in mind. At, okay, at Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm I'm taking Oklahoma here. I think that Oklahoma covers. I don't think Oklahoma State has much of a defense, to be honest. We talked about it like when we talked about the episode where we face them. Uh, I think that we played down to their defense. I don't see Oklahoma doing that two weeks in a row where they played down last week as well. So I'm I'm gonna go Oklahoma uh, minus five and a half. I think they they win by man, seven or ten points. Gotcha. I think. As 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 hard as this is for me, because again, if we're looking at the forecast for WVU, we need Oklahoma to actually win this game. And yeah. Oklahoma State, I don't think they're going to let it happen, in my opinion. I think that Oklahoma State is going to definitely cover. I think it's a field goal game, and I think they if if Ollie Gordon gets going the way he's been going the last two to three weeks, I, I don't think Oklahoma has an answer for it. And I think that Oklahoma State definitely covers and might even win this game. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's my point in this too, is like against that Oklahoma defense, I just don't see him getting getting what he needs to win. That, I guess that's yeah. kind of my position because I don't think that that, I don't think Bowman's beating Oklahoma. I think it has to be Ollie, but I just don't see him getting that against that defense. Now, uh, would I be surprised if he does? Absolutely not. I mean that that kid is phenomenal. So yeah, uh, wouldn't be sh- would not be shocked if Oklahoma State won. I would be shocked if Oklahoma State won and you told me that Ollie had less than 150 yards rushing. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I mean, I we knew this going into our game. Oklahoma State yeah. it needs Ollie Gordon, right? Like mm-hmm. th- if that if he's not doing a 200-yard-plus game, then they're probably not winning. And that's kind of been the story yeah. of the last few weeks. So, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I still think – and I and I will go ahead and say that Ollie Gordon, while we know who he is and people in the Big 12 know who he is, I think this is his time to shine under the bright lights against a team like Oklahoma, who is – I think they're like, what, like 11th, yeah. 10th in the nation right now? going to be a a midday game like there's going to be people watching this game just because it's Oklahoma and it's a ranked team playing at that time slot so I think it's a good chance for him to to showcase his abilities and I think I I think he's gonna take the most of it and I think uh make the most of it and I think that they're gonna cover here but like I said I really I need Oklahoma to win we need Oklahoma to win so that way that (laughs) win means more if we if we if we win next week that win means more but um yeah but yeah next up we've got UCF uh, versus Cincinnati, UCF's favorite three and a half. 
All right, Brandon, this is going to be my new weekly <laughs> thing. I want I want everyone who's listening right now, just pause it right after I give you these instructions. I want you to get on the horn to Las Vegas. All right, <laughs> or I want you to to call. I don't care who you call. Call MGM. Call them all and just tell them thanks. Say hey, we had a rough year last year, but I just want to I just I just want to say that I appreciate you giving us these ridiculous lines because UCF <laughs> minus three and a half is the easiest line in college football this week. And I'm not bluffing. I'm telling you, I'm going UCF. I'll do an alternative line. Okay. I'm going UCF minus eight, maybe minus nine. I don't care because Cincinnati's that bad and UCF's yeah. offense is not going to be shut down in Cincinnati. Uh, all my Cincinnati friends hate my guts because I pick against them every single week. Uh, but UCF, the again thanks vegas appreciate the money <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i think i'm gonna just hammer i'm just gonna hammer the spread for ucf i, I think that yeah. this seems like free money i i know and it really seems like and i get it it's college football and and being at home is a big deal and 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 most of the time most teams win at home. Only really bad teams don't win at home, and I just think that Cincinnati is a really bad team this year. So, I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I think that you say three and a half is, you is say free that. money. <laughs> you say that, but Oklahoma State <laughs> rolled us in Morgantown. <laughs> yeah, they but we were favored, us. so I'm just saying, like, like yeah, I just they dominated us in the fourth right. quarter, and now that does matter. UC, but UCF, UCF, yeah, by by a billion. Yep, to the moon. Um, second to last here, penultimate, Kansas versus Iowa State. Also a very important game, I believe, yes. to WVU's future. Um, yeah. So a big reason why these are big games, if people who aren't doing the math, we don't play Texas, we don't play Kansas State, we don't play Kansas, we don't play Iowa State. Crazy. So Crazy. these are very big games because the opponents that we beat Beating those teams we don't play gives us the upper hand in tiebreaker situations. So, that being said, John, how do you feel about Iowa State, two-and-a-half-point favorite? Oh, man. Uh, So, once again, I don't know if you need to to pick up the phone and call Las Vegas. Maybe (laughs) just shoot them, like, an email or a text. Just say, hey, thanks again. You don't even have to tell them why. Just say, hey, thanks again. Uh, because they're going to know why Kansas, Kansas plus two and a half to me is nuts. I like this Kansas team. Uh, look, I don't hate I, the Iowa state team by any means, but I don't think I was surprised when you told me that Iowa state was favored. Uh, I know that they're at home. I get it. Um, I'm going Kansas to cover here. Yeah, I can respect that. I think, I think it's a close game. I mean, I think that the line, it is, it is. um, I think, I think, I think the line's probably fair. Just because Iowa State's defense is so good and Kansas has made a lot of mistakes, especially during close games, like I, I swear that, and this is a, a made-up statistic straight off the the internet by BYU um, All on their statistics too. site. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty certain that um, Bean averages like two picks in the fourth quarter during during close games. So I don't know. I think Iowa State's right. defense is pretty solid, and uh, I think that the Iowa state probably covers this in my opinion, but yeah, I do. Maybe, I do think if can, maybe don't. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably not calling Vegas on this one, but 
Um, I told you don't you know, call. I told you don't call. It's not that good. I said, yeah, maybe I, I, I don't think I'm going to call. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll fax it to him. That way, if it's a little late, you know, I can Tele- be like, oh, that, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> hit him with a hit him with the owl from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I send it by Raven. It'll eventually. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. All right, our last spread of the day, the one you guys have all been waiting for. BYU versus the world champion Mountaineers. <laughs> Is this UCF? Uh, yeah, sorry. Because <laughs> they claim hang they the banners, claim championships. Yeah, yeah, hang the banners. I like it. <laughs> hang the banners. No, um, so we're favored ten points right now. Currently, I would expect this to probably go down a little bit. I'm guessing nine and a half, maybe. Um come game time but currently as of as of recording this is a minus 10 um i don't know i i've i i struck i struck i struck gold on the on the tcu game betting the money line um when i went down there so i just feel like it has been rough when i've betted on wvu this year other than that so i don't even know obviously the homer in me is like yeah dude we're gonna beat him by two touchdowns and I mean, even after reviewing the games and the footage, like I think that ten points is probably fair. Um, but you know, you never know with with this West Virginia team right now. So um, I'm gonna let emotions take over here, and, and I'm gonna say over ten is is uh, or sorry, ten. The favorite ten is <laughs> you, is good for you me. Homer, you Homer. Yeah, I, I I think I might be a Homer, but I I hate this spread to be honest. Um... Only because it should be more. Give me <laughs> WVU. <laughs> I'm no homer, but give me WVU by 40. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, did, I did struggle here, and then I watched film and said, if we don't win by more than 10, then maybe people should talk about who should be coached next year because BYU is very bad. Uh, Cincinnati is very bad. Uh, one of our friends thinks that BYU isn't that bad. Um, hopefully he's listening so I can tell him once again that BYU we know is, is really that bad. And uh, WVU minus 10, they're going to cover. I think this is a 14 to 21 point game all day, every day. Yeah. No, I, uh, like I said, and the emotion in me says, roads. yeah, we're going to be singing country roads with the coach. With that coach. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can already hear our friend now. Honestly, I'm gonna see him at the tailgate, and he's gonna be telling me, "Dude, I, I'm telling you, BYU's not I'm that bad. You, they're really <laughs> not that bad." He's gonna pull out his I betting app, did. and he's gonna show me where he where he That's bet he the does. under. And <laughs> we know it. We know you're out there, pal. We get it. We know you will. We know you're listening. Nameless, though you will remain yes. remain nameless. Yes. Speaking of listen, do you think the BYU coach listens to our podcast? I hope so, because I just want to let him know. I think he's a great guy, uh, but WVU by a bajillion. Yeah, a bajillion for sure. All right, John, you want to take us out? Better have five touchdowns. Yeah, (laughs) one last thought. Garrett Green better have five touchdowns. But until next time, I'm Big John Eisner. That's Brandon Williams, and we got to beat BYU this week. So there's only one last thing to say, and that's let's go Mountaineers.